Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A huge welcome to the Week 17 Rankings episode of The IDP Show. I'm your host, Jace Abbey, and I'm delighted to welcome back onto the show Mr. John Macri, PFF Fantasy Analyst and co-host of the PFF Fantasy Pod. John, a slightly belated Merry Christmas to you, my friend. How are things? Absolutely. Yeah, everything's been good. Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, yeah, it feels like we haven't talked in so long, Jace. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, no, for, for those that don't know. Yeah, we, we, we're we recording back-to-back shows, man. This is uh, this is fun. It, it's always fun talking uh, IDP and football with you and just talking with you in general. So I'm, I'm very happy and, and honored that you uh, you chose me for championship week here. And then that's the main thing we got to... I get several championship matches myself, and uh, and need all the insight and and uh, knowledge that you got for me to to help me set those lineups, and hopefully we can do the same for for everybody else as well. Oh, absolutely, and uh, you know, for that reason, it being championship week, our advice has got to be on point this week, hasn't it? So, but we always we always are. It always is. We're never right. wrong about anything, right? So it's just business 100% as usual. Hundred percent accuracy. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> So, as usual, we're going to go position by position discussing some of the guys we like or dislike for Week 17. So, John, let's uh, let's jump straight into this and let's go over the, the linebacker position first. Who is your featured linebacker like in Week 17? Yeah, so I think... I, I had a hard time picking who I wanted to feature here, but I figured I, I may as well be fe- start with my featured, like the guy that I have is LB1 this week. And then maybe it's controversial over the past past few weeks where his production has been a little bit lower than what we were seeing earlier in the year, but it's CJ Mosley of the New York Jets. So playing on Thursday night now against the Cleveland Browns, uh, he's had a, an above average tackle efficiency all season long. But he hasn't had more than seven tackles since week 12 now, right? So people probably a little bit frustrated, a little bit down on C.J. Mosley. But he's also had seven games this season of double-digit or more uh, tackles in a game, which is a really strong number here for for a linebacker. Um, The Browns, the Cleveland Browns, are giving up the most tackles per game to the linebacker position as well. So as ideal of a matchup as you can hope for, for, for a full-time linebacker, CJ Mosley, I, I understand that the ebbs and flows of a season, you know, we all got to understand that. And, and this is definitely a week for him to bounce back. Um, I know his tackle prop is at seven and a half right now as well uh, on DraftKings. So uh, somebody that I've just, I, I love this week and uh, somebody that I'm, I'm betting on a big bounce back, which is a little bit of the theme of some of my picks here as well um, is, is bounce back guys. And, and CJ Mosley, definitely the top of the list for me. Yeah, yeah. The, one of the, the great things about having you on this show, John, is that you're very thorough with your analysis. One of the, the downsides is that you steal all of the good points and leave me with very little to say. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's been a barren spell, but if he's going to bounce back, this is going to be the week for him to do it, isn't it? The matchups don't get any better than this. And I love that, that, that prop that you mentioned, especially when combined with the Quincy Williams one that you mentioned on your show. Is that set at like something like four and a half tackles? Four and a half solos for for Quincy Williams. Um, and yeah, seven and a half total for, for CJ Mosley is the number. Like I try not to, but to like 
the over on totals for for both linebackers because there's bound to be some disappointment there but i for solos I, i'm fine to kind of split it up or go to assists if you want um this is just a nice matchup for linebackers so like it for mosley and for quincy williams on thursday nice nice yeah i've got him as my lb7 this week i wanted to have him slightly higher i may still have him slightly higher by the time uh the sunday rolls around but yeah i'm 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 with you it's it's the matchup for him to bounce back and deliver when we need him most yeah that's the thing right and then look lb1 lb7 lb12 inside you're starting him right that, that that's really the main thing and then it doesn't really matter whether they're ranked one two three or seven or whatever so yeah i'm with you man it's it's a nice matchup i like cj mostly Absolutely. So my guy is less flashy than CJ Mosley, and I've gone with Robert Spillane as my featured linebacker for Week 17. He's my LB17, five places up from last week. Uh, you know, as I said, he's not flashy, but we care more about production than we do picking the the sexier names. And Spillane is, I feel, a, a fairly reliable producer, 121 combined tackles this year, a, a a slightly below average 12.3% tackle efficiency rate, but he's been available the vast majority of the year. At least nine tackles in his last five games and enough big plays to give him uh, a reasonable ceiling most weeks as well. I've singled him out this week, though, because of his matchup with the Colts. They've allowed the fifth most tackles to opposition linebackers. And I feel like Big Bob could come close to or maybe even surpass double digit tackles this week and and do his bit towards helping his his fantasy managers over the line in that championship game where uh, where's your head at on Spillane John yeah very similar um I have on that kind of fringe like LB2 LB3 range and like you said it, more the the tackle efficiency hasn't quite been there for him this season but still he's been really solid 130 tackles on the season is nothing to sneeze at, right? So that's a really nice number for him. Three and a half sacks in there as well. Um, and like you said, he's coming up with the big plays. It's a great matchup against the Colts, who are giving up the fifth most tackles per game uh, to the linebacker position. So a lot to love there uh, for Spillane as the lone every down linebacker uh, in Las Vegas as well. So it's nice. Yeah. So hit me up with any other linebackers you want to plug this week, John. Yeah, so just a few, like you said, quick hitters kind of thing. And and again, kind of maybe sticking a little bit to the bounce back theme here for the first guy, at least, is um, TJ Edwards. I would just loved him all season long. Um, he hasn't had double digit tackles since week 10 uh, of the season, but he's had interceptions in there. He's got a half sack in there, some tackles for loss as well. Again, one of the more efficient tacklers at the linebacker position, 14.5%. Going against a run heavy team in Atlanta, which always yields more tackle efficiency as well. And that's why the tack the falcons are giving up the sixth most tackles per game to the linebacker position so tj edwards if you've been down on him uh recently he's lb5 for me this week i expect a nice bounce back there um I also really like Frankie Louvu uh, of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he's coming off a really nice game and really back-to-back games of 10 total tackles exactly and now gets a nice matchup going against the Jacksonville Jaguars who give up the second most uh, tackles per game to the linebacker position. He's about been about average as far as tackle efficiency goes, but another one of those guys very similar to Robert Splane where he, he's been able to land those big plays and five and a half sacks on the year. So a really nice number, just a half sack behind Brian Burns for the team lead. So so um, Frankie Louvre, one of those guys that can do it all. And, and I like him for his big play upside this week. Um, and then after that, I went a little bit deeper for the last guy, which is David Long of the Miami Dolphins. So the past three weeks, he's played 89%, 93%, 92% of the defensive snaps. So solid um, numbers there as far as playing time goes and at least feel like we can trust him uh, in lineups. More for deeper leagues because the Miami linebackers as a whole just been an inefficient group as far as tackle efficiency goes. And I know Duke Riley playing slightly more, but he just hasn't been efficient below 10% tackle efficiency this season. And facing the Ravens, too, who have given up the third most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So David Long, he's had his up and down weeks, more down than up, obviously, but I lb42 for me this week so really those the deep leagues that i'm looking at um you know as like an lb4 um it's not an every down role exactly either so just a little bit lower in that sense but i do like him in deeper leagues um quite a bit 
Good stuff. Yeah, I've got uh, Luvu as well as one of my other quick mentions that I like at the linebacker spot. For all the reasons you mentioned, there's nothing left to add. Thank you again for stealing all the good points. Uh, yeah, he's you know the tackle efficiency. You know, it's it's probably a good thing that he's managed to maintain a a pretty average tackle efficiency, given that he he he, he rushes the passer a little more yeah. than most off-ball linebackers do. So I see that as a, a plus because he's got that uh, that sack upside as well as the tackle numbers too. Uh, the other guy I wanted to talk about was was Nick Bolton. I know that the shine has come off of him a little bit this year. He's missed a lot of game. He's uh, sorry, missed a lot of time. He's not been fully healthy for the vast majority of the year. But um, you know, his role was slightly bigger last week than it was the week before. He's the unquestioned number one linebacker for the Chiefs, which was I was a little unsure as to whether that might happen after what Tranquil did in Bolton's absence, but. Yeah, it's it's been nice to see him and reassuring to see him step into a role and earning 85, 90% of the snaps for the last two weeks. Uh, the Bengals have been a, a pretty average uh, matchup for opposition linebackers, but uh, Jake Browning has, has been slightly friendlier or the, the offense has been slightly friendlier for opposition linebackers under Jake Browning than it was under Joe Burrow. Uh, Bar- so that's where I stand. So, John, who is your... Featured linebacker fade. Who are you not so keen on this week? Yeah, so for anybody um, that has paying, been paying attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker core, obviously there's been a parade of injuries at the position. They just recently lost a, a Landon Roberts this past week, um, who had been the most efficient tackler uh, in the league uh, at like 17% um, before obviously he's now likely going to be out here um and miles jack played 100 percent of the snaps when landon roberts went out last week the only thing is i don't trust miles jack and the team also brought in like blake martinez and jalen smith and they also really like a rotation over there um in among their linebacker core it's also not a great matchup going against the seattle seahawks who have yielded the fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position this season Miles Jack is a complete fade for me. I, I understand, you know, going to the waiver wire and trying to add somebody that is going to be the next man up in the in the rotation. But I'm not a complete believer that it's going to be a 100% snap roll um, this week. I don't think it's necessarily going to be Blake Martinez or Jalen Smith either. I think it'll be Miles Jack that leads the way in total snaps, but not the player to trust in the championship week and in a poor matchup. And yeah, just so many question marks here that miles Jack is somebody that I'll be fading for sure. And that's the thing, right? So it's, it's been messy all year through injuries or because of injuries for the most part, but yeah, it could, it could very easily continue to be messy in uh, into week 17 and week 18. So yeah, why would we, why would we go with that when we've got other, other options? So yeah, there's, there's a lot of linebackers available right now. Yes, there's been a lot of injuries at the position, but some of these other backup guys have, have stepped up and have assumed bigger roles. Um, there are more reliable options than than the Miles Jacks of the world. So I'm right there with you. Um, I've got to mention uh, Ivan Pace Jr. here. Fairly obvious one, um, but he deserves a mention because it's Ivan Pace Jr. And I feel bad doing this, especially while I'm on the show with the original Pace devotee. Uh, But Jordan Hicks is back in the fold and has immediately taken back that full-time role in Minnesota, that sole full-time role in Minnesota, leaving Pace kind of fighting for scraps. 38% snap share last week. That's not going to get it done. It doesn't matter how efficient a player is. He's he's not going to be able to produce anywhere near to the level that he did when he was the sole every down linebacker in Minnesota before Hicks came back. So yeah, we're parking pace for this year. We're hopeful about next year. We're content that he's gained some really valuable experience and has shown enough to be able to hold down that every down role when Hicks contract expires. Yeah, just don't start him this week. 
Yeah, I can't do it. it, it it's a bummer, right? And I, I was, I was, you know, I, I, I don't mind Jordan Hicks as a player either, but I really wanted Ivan Pace to finish the season for us. At, you know, ID for IDP purposes, especially like you said, just being so high on him at draft time and thinking that he should have been drafted. And really, I thought the third round was a perfect spot for him, but goes undrafted. And yeah, I think he's proven the the NFL wrong uh, as far as you know playing ability goes here in the league, and he's been awesome. And just hope, yeah, maybe for next season, but definitely not this season and and definitely not somebody that you trust even really in deeper leagues um, th- this week. No, uh, I will, though, John, forever associate Ivan Pace with you now. Nice. Uh, you awesome. were, you know, the, I know the whole IDP community has come around to, to Ivan sure. Pace and everyone loves this guy, but you were, I think, the first person I heard mention him uh, as, as a player that could do what he's gone on to do. So, yeah, very excited about next year. Let's see. Uh, let's see how that plays out. Yes. So, absolutely. yeah. Any other linebackers who have slipped in your rankings this week? Um. Yeah. I guess so. Devin White uh, is another guy I think worth mentioning. Um. I know he had a nice game last week and he returned to a full time role and I think he was our highest graded linebacker uh, in, in week sixteen somehow and that 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 sometimes comes down to big plays right. We'll we'll definitely swing that in one direction or or, or the other. Um. I think it was Josh just shared that in, in our group chat um, that that we had him as the highest graded linebacker, which is not the norm for for Devin White for anybody that's been following his. Career career in his pff grades but for idp purposes continues to be incredibly inefficient as a tackler um he had a 7.9 percent tackle efficiency in week 16 so really boosted by those big plays he's at nine percent tackle efficiency for the year um and yeah don't love the matchup this week for him either going against the saints it's it's not a bad matchup the saints giving up the 11th most tackles per game to the linebacker position is typically a good thing but when it comes to really inefficient linebackers um like devin white that that's where i start to get a little bit worried and and uh, yeah i push him down the rankings as well and not somebody that i'll be trusting in uh, in championship week um oh, and then okay. after oh sorry go ahead yeah no, I was about to just agree with you on on Devin White. I, uh, I I actually wrote him up as a player that people should be looking to buy in an article earlier uh, in the week uh, because I think the, the 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 market is so down on him. Uh, he's obviously going to leave the team and go to another team, and I was kind of hoping for a Devondre Campbell style like improvement in his uh, in his play on another team but that's <laughs> i'm really reaching i know it you never know uh, you you just never know right like it was it was what a fifth overall pick um yeah. a, a few years ago right like so the the nfl loves these guys they love the reclamation projects these former first round picks and devin white is he's definitely going to land somewhere right i don't think it's going to be tampa bay i think that ship has sailed um that pirate ship has sailed it and and yeah i I think there's definitely a good chance that somebody signs him as a starter and you never know he could very well turn things around there's not really been too many signs of it but like you said the market is very low on him right now so the the price might be right to, to take a swing and take a gamble on somebody like that yeah yeah absolutely and sorry i interrupted you who else did you have no, no. no all good um yeah I, not too many more i the really the dallas linebackers as, as a whole um I, i'm concerned about i did not like the usage last week 66 percent of the defensive snaps for damone clark 48 percent of the snaps for marquise bell marquise bell incredibly efficient um last week with i think he had nine tackles or something like that i'm not trusting it this week i, I know it's a, a decent matchup very similar to devin white's where the lions are giving up the 12th most tackles per game to the linebacker position but there's always this risk with the dallas linebackers where they can play this incredibly low snap share they also play in a very man heavy defense where tackle efficiency becomes a little bit harder to come by and it just it's too risky for me i know marquise bell if he's in a safety role or a safety designation for idp leagues he becomes a bit more um interesting or for for lineups and and you could definitely make a case for him but uh, it's not one for me that i that i want to mess with uh, in week 17 yeah and then the last one on the list that i had was uh so this last one I don't know if I, I wanted to put this as a fade or or actually a like. I, I was kind of on the fence of both because I in in some sense I like it and in another sense I don't. But it's Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa of the Cleveland Browns because I have him as LB thirty seven, which is typically higher than where I would usually 
put him and he's played really well recently as far as like production goes and coming up with interceptions and sacks but it's again very similar to the Dallas situation where it's fluctuating playing time with these guys where we had seen him averaging 90% of the defensive snaps for four straight weeks dropped down to 72% of snaps this past week I would not be surprised to see it around that same 70% range again this week and and not be in the 90% range but at the same time there's there's definitely a shot that it could be in the 90% range and that he leads the group uh in snaps again and and could be productive but um going against the Jets which aren't aren't a great matchup for linebackers either despite what um Kaliki Hansen and Cody Barton uh did last week where they put up like a combined 30 tackles between the two of them um and then even David Mayo that was that was like a complete anomaly that that match against the Jets last week so I don't know that the Browns are necessarily the team to do that also another one of those man heavy teams uh the most man heavy team in the NFL so a uh, little bit of concern for the tackle efficiency and, and production opportunities for JOK this week yeah, I'm, I'm there with you with the concerns on JOK. I uh, I don't get why he plays such a small role, especially with Anthony Walker still out. Uh, you know, his, his his performances have, I think, you know, he deserves a bigger role. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it concerns me a little bit. And I'm, yeah, this is the week not to take gambles, but he has been super productive. So I think those people that have started him will continue to start him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he still did well. Yep. Um, I have, uh, two of your other guys amongst my dislikes as well. Uh, the, the Cowboys linebacker situation, uh, Clark and Bell. I love how Bell has played this year. I yeah. think he's been a revelation and i think he deserves to a shot if you like at being the the sole every down guy but that's just not what the cowboys seem to want to do and last week they moved away from that in a bigger way than they have at any other point that i can recall certainly this season so you know there were there were other beneficiaries of that some of the safeties donovan wilson especially we talked about that on your show but yeah as far as what it means for clark and bell I'm out on both. I I I don't want to start either of those guys, even in the deepest of leagues that start. Uh, I've got that one league that starts four linebackers. I I can find better players. I can find more reliable players. Is the probably more the more accurate thing to say about the two guys there. So, yeah, neither's been massively productive, even when they have been playing a full time role. I know that Bell had a good week last week, and Clark's popped up and had a good week here or there, but neither have been consistently productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's part of the problem. It just it's just hard to trust, and it's such a obviously this is the final week of the year, right? So you really don't want to put your season on the line in the hands of such uncertainty, right? So yeah, exactly, exactly. So defensive linemen are up next, John. Who do you want to champion here? Who's your featured defensive lineman for week seventeen? Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll focus on the a, a, a duo here and, and a defensive tackle duo of Kobe Turner and and Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams this week, going against the New York Giants interior offensive line, um, who every single one of them, left guard, center, right guard, rank outside of the top 100 of interior offensive linemen in pass blocking grade this season. Um you look at guys like Aaron Donald, I know that he's been quiet. So this is maybe another one of my bounce back guys here, um, half sack in, 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 over the last six games, but 91.3 pass rush grade on the year ranks second at his position, 78 total pressures, which is far and away the best mark among interior defenders and, and really just a much better indicator that Aaron Donald still among the best in the league. Uh, I think he really should have a, a nice chance to deliver here in week 17 against Tyrod Taylor and the Giants really poor offensive line. And the same goes with Kobe Turner, who I think is having a really nice rookie season now, six and a half sacks on the year, five and a half over his last seven games alone. And then if you look at his numbers um, since week 12, he owns a 90.1 pass rush grade, which is the best mark for the position over that span. So that's not just among rookies. That's among all defensive interior players. So he's playing at a really high level. I think both of these guys should be able to take advantage of that that matchup in the trenches this week against the Giants uh, interior offensive line. And hopefully that leads to some sacks this week um, and, and we finish the year strong with them. Oh, for sure. And as you say, you know, Turner's hitting, hitting his stride at just the right time as well. You know, he'd been doing this 
just a few games earlier in the season, we'd be talking about him in contention for the defensive MVP. We wouldn't be talking about the Jalen yeah. Carters of the of the world. So yeah, I mean, yeah, love love Turner, love Donald. Like you say, the interior of that Giants O line. Andrew Thomas must be looking around him and thinking, just <laughs> give me some help, please. Some somebody step up. It must be so frustrating for him. Saquon Barkley's doing the same thing as well. I'm sure. Yeah, Saquon's uh, yeah looking to go somewhere else next year. I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. So I've I've cheated here and gone with a pair of players for my featured DL likes. I've gone with Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning. They're ranked as my edge sixteen and edge nineteen this week. Cooper's been uh, productive and Browning has generated a reasonable amount of pressure since he returned to the fold in week seven. But this is less about these guys and how how good they are as players and more about their matchup. Justin Herbert was was good at avoiding pressure, um, or at least the pressure that the Chargers offensive line uh, allowed. Opposition teams converted only 15.6% of their pressures into sacks with Herbert at quarterback. Uh, only a handful of QBs, maybe five or so, can claim better this year. Eastern stick is not nearly as elusive at avoiding pressure that comes his way. He ranks third worst amongst all current starting quarterbacks in that category. And I think Cooper, Browning, Zach Allen will cause sticks and problems this weekend. Yeah, I, I love that call. I think that's uh, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And you're looking at guys too that they're going to lean on for, for a lot of snaps right in, in Denver. Cause I don't think, I mean, Nick Benito, I think is still questionable. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Right. So it, yep. there's really nobody else there for the edge group uh, for, for Denver. So it's Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning. I know they played like 90% plus snaps in the past already. So you, you look at the, the potential for volume there and the pass rush, like you said, there's just, it's a nice floor combined with a potential high upside as well. So I like those calls. Good stuff. So hit me with a few more names that you like at the position. Yeah, so a few quick hitters again. I mean, just looking at the Texans, this is a big question mark here because we don't know if Jonathan Greenard or Will Anderson is even going to play this week. Um, But it's such a nice matchup going against Tennessee and their offensive tackles, um, Jalen Duncan, Dylan Radins, or Andre Dillard. Whoever ends up playing, uh, these guys all sucked uh, for for lack of a better word they, they just have not been good they're allowing a ton of sacks um last time we saw jonathan greenard against uh the titans he had two and a half sacks i i know he left last game though after just three defensive snaps uh with the ankle injury so he's definitely questionable but um if he plays i, I think he's he's a must start here against tennessee and the same thing with will anderson it's just such a good matchup um then uh, really just matchup based stuff here again leonard floyd and, and greg russo another duo so we're really focusing on the duos here and noticing for the defensive line um, but going against a, a guy named vidarian low of the new england patriots um, trent brown hasn't really played full-time snaps he didn't practice on wednesday so this guy could be in there he does have the worst pass blocking rate in the entire league 32.3 so guys like leonard floyd and greg russo are not like the most amazing pass rushers in the nfl but a matchup like that with Bailey Zappi at quarterback, who, again, for all intents and purposes, is a backup quarterback. It's just, again, a nice matchup for these guys to take advantage of, and, and they should have the upper hand. Um, and then the last one, looking at bounce back guys again, Miles Garrett uh, for me is edge one this week. I, I think a lot of people are concerned about him not having recorded a sack in, I think, four weeks now, um, but continues to be the highest graded pass rusher in the entire league this season, 94.6 pass rush grade. He's going to be facing the offensive tackles of Carter Warren, who has a 48.2 pass blocking grade, which is 72nd, and Makai Becton, who has allowed more sacks than any other offensive tackle in the league with 11. Also, Trevor Simeon at quarterback, who, Again, to his credit, been a bit better than at avoiding sacks than Zach Wilson. But Miles Garrett got to come out in a big way here in championship week and that sackless streak, hopefully end up with more than one sack and, and hopefully make his case for defensive player of the year, which I think, you know, um, he's very deserving despite that not having the sack numbers of uh, TJ Watt this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with uh, Greenard and, and Anderson Cole. They they're amongst my other DL likes. Uh, I want to. I want to start whoever plays on the edge for the Texans versus Tennessee. Tennessee, for the reasons you mentioned, have really struggled, especially at left tackle. 
Uh, 4.7 sacks on average they've allowed in the last three games. That I think that ties the Chargers for the most over that period, and they've they sank back into that bottom five of all teams in in terms of sacks allowed over the course of the season after looking a bit better after a slow start. So, yeah, I I I I, I really want to start Greenard or Anderson, but even if they can't go, it's Derek Barnett, Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes must be about. 50 years old now but he's still yep. he's still got something left in the tank you know even even when even even last season um you know he still looks like a reasonably competent pass rusher uh, so yeah I, I i like any of those guys that are playing in that position i wanted to mention chase young in this spot as well because i saw that he was playing the commanders but the commanders have not been as poor in pass protection of late, I was hoping to to sort of trump up this idea that Chase Young could, in a in a, in a, in, a, in a, going back to his old team, maybe there's a bit of extra motivation there. I don't know, but yeah, as I say, the Commanders haven't been as poor at allowing sacks this year. But I mention it anyway because it makes a nice story that he could return to the Commanders and and have a big game. It's unlikely I- to happen. I'm all for a good revenge game narrative, and I, I really like that one. It would have been it would have been probably better if if Sam Howell was that quarterback too. It seems like they, he's been benched, and they're going to Jacoby Brissett, right? But yeah. um, not that Jacoby Brissett is is so elusive in any kind of way. But I'm with you. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I like that call there for for Chase Young. I know he hasn't played necessarily the, the snap share that we had hoped that he would to be a reliable starter, but um, I mean, there's definitely going to be extra extra motivated here against Washington. Yeah, and you know he's got he's got to close the finish strong because he's he's yeah. got to put himself in the market there, hasn't he? So I'm looking for reasons <laughs> to mention yeah. Chase Young, <laughs> even though even though closer analysis suggests that it wasn't worth mentioning. But yeah, like you say, <laughs> the, the revenge game narrative that's that's the only reason why I'm bringing him up. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> who don't you like at the position for Week 17, John? Um, who I don't like is Kayvon Thibodeau of the New York Giants. So this is a guy who has 11 and a half sacks on the season, but I mean that he has definitely kind of outkicked his coverage here, really just overperforming what he's actually done on the field. He's taken advantage of some good matchups. He's had some big games, but on the season as a whole on a play to play basis has been really not good i i you know being kind here 65.1 pass rush pass rush grade on the year which is tied for 67th among edge defenders he has a six and a half percent win rate which is 99th among edge defenders his 40 total pressures is 45th among edge defenders um again you know it's not a great matchup going against the rams either whose offensive line has been hit miss but matthew stafford really has been the key here he has the sixth best pressure to sack conversion rate um in the league among quarterbacks so i just i just cannot trust the player who's been that poor as far as pass rush metrics go and hope to chase his you know 11 and a half sacks that he has the the metrics that we're looking at are a much more stable thing week to week than than sack numbers, which we all know. But um, yeah, so for that reason, Kayvon Thibodeau really just kind of like a low end edge three for me more than anything, and based purely on just the amount of snaps that he plays more than anything else. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. He's my edge thirty five. I I feel like I've criticized Thibodeau as as much as any other player this year, and I, I want to. I want to clarify for uh, any Giants fans listening, I don't hate Thibodeau. Right. I think he's going to become a really good edge rusher in the league. He's shown me enough to to suggest that he can do that. Yeah, he's no Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, yes, he has more sacks than Aiden Hutchinson, but I'd choose Hutchinson over Thibodeau in a heartbeat. But anyway, so yeah, I don't hate the player. I just think he's achieved a little more this year by way of sacks, certainly, than he deserves based on how disruptive he has or rather hasn't been in general bringing pressures so uh yeah my guy and i've I've kind of set myself up for a fall here Uh, i've gone with one of the most productive edge rushers in 2023 and i've gone with uh, daniel hunter Uh, we all know how good he has been this year i don't need to go over his stat line for our audience i'm sure Uh, and i know that if we have to start him um then yeah, unless you've got one of the seven guys I've got ranked above him in my defensive line list, you, you're going to start Hunter every week. That's a given. But this 
this Packers O-line has been performing, I think, miracles without David Bakhtiari in pass protection this year. Elton Jenkins and their two tackles, Zach Tom and Rashid Walker, uh, have been a big reason for their success. I think they've really stepped up this year. Jordan Love has been sacked only seven times in the last five games, and his ability to avoid pressure during that period has been has been really very good. So I think there's a there's a reasonable chance Hunter might have only, I think, his fifth game without a sack this weekend. Um, like I say, I've, I'm putting a target on my back, but there we go. I'm, 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 I'm putting it out there. I like to mix it up with a couple of uh, maybe uh, more difficult ones, uh, as well as some of those, some of those easy pickings as well. And Hunter is definitely one of those ones that could make me look silly. Well, no, I, I, I like the call because it's about tempering expectations, right? I know, like you said, he's been he's been amazing this year. It's similar to Kayvon Thibodeau, like the excellent production, but you know, you just got to keep an eye on the matchups and and zach tom um the offensive tackles there for green bay have done a really nice job and jordan love has looked good so i'm with you i'm still starting uh daniel hunter but it's not like it, this amazing matchup where you know he's locked in and, and as an edge one if you have other options that could you could be potentially playing ahead of him especially in like a one dl league or something like that right so yeah I'm yeah yeah uh so are there any other players that you are fading on the defensive line this week so yeah, just the one one other guy, um, and it's actually staying inside of that same game, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. It's Rashawn Gary um, uh, of the Green Bay Packers. So I have him uh, outside of that top twenty-four by by a decent margin this week. So definitely not somebody that that's a must start by any means for me. Um, Rashawn Gary's numbers recently have been really poor as well. Like if you look at since that Thanksgiving game against the Lions, where he had three sacks and a ninety-something pass rush grade. Since that game, he has just a 51.8 pass rush grade and only a half sack um, since week 12. So he's going up against the Minnesota Vikings, who are the best pass blocking unit in the entire league. I know it's not Kirk Cousins back there. It's Nick Mullins. But I mean, this line has just done an excellent job at pass blocking. And then the, the numbers are definitely concerning here for Rashawn Gary. So, um, yeah, uh, he's he's my, my kind of one fade. I only had the one dislike this week um, uh, along the defensive line. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, you're right. He's he's not been he's not been nearly as good or nearly as efficient as he was at the beginning of the season. It's 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 kind of weird. This feels like maybe one of the most barren spells for Gary since he became that player that um, you know he was kind of behind Smith and um, uh, who was the other guy, the other edge rusher in Green Bay there for a while. I uh, forget the other guy as well, but it was Gary. He was kind of like, you know, eased in slowly, became this like really efficient pass rusher, really, really good pressure rates, seemingly back-to-back seasons. And this feels like a weird sort of barren spell. So yeah, difficult to admit, but you're right. Yeah, still, I still really like Rashawn Gary for for like dynasty purposes. I think there's a lot of potential there, and you know, it could be just one of those things coming off the the the, the injury as well, and and you know, starting to wear on him a little bit. So hopefully, he gets healthy in the off season and and he could get back to it. Because yeah, I like him as a player, but looking at the the current sample size, don't like what I'm seeing, and, and I don't like the matchup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, Yaya Diaby is is a player that I am. Um, just pumping the brakes on a little bit. Uh, he deserves all the credit that he's getting after putting up, you know, eight eight sacks this year. That's that's pretty impressive for a rookie. I'm not trying to spoil the the Diaby sort of coming out party. He's, he, but I do think he's been a bit unfortunate to record so many sacks after creating only 22 pressures. And the Saints, they just they just have not been in the habit of allowing many many sacks this season, especially in the last three games. So. Again, uh, as I did with with Thibodeau, I want to caveat this by saying I, I do think Diaby has a bright future, and I I, I do like the fact that he's uh, he's he's stolen snaps from Tryon Shrienka, who has been has been a massive disappointment. But I just don't think this is Diaby's week. Uh, and the second guy is is Sam Hubbard, uh, and he's had a down year in general. He's missed a couple of games, which haven't really helped. But even when he's been healthy, his snap share is not quite where it was in 2022 and he hasn't been as effective on a per snap basis his tackle numbers are still good for an edge rusher as they so often have uh, been in the past but his pressure rate which was which was never stellar you know he's always been that that sort of the the opposite to Trey Hendrickson in that sense good tackle numbers 
not the best pass rusher, but even his his pressure pressure numbers this year, Hubbards have have actually gone down again, dip below ten percent, and that's a big a big red flag to me, especially in a tough matchup with the Chiefs. Yeah, not easy to get sacks on on Patrick Mahomes, and uh, yeah, especially if you got a fifty eight point four pass rush grade on the year, just not. It's never been his strength, like you said. It's just he's not the best pass rusher, and if the tackles aren't there for him, it's just really. He's just a volume guy that you hope falls into some production, and and you, you're not going to bank on that against Kansas City. He just hasn't been good enough this year, so I'm with you. Yep. So uh, swiftly on to defensive backs, famously difficult to predict what they'll do, but I know you're up to the job, John. Even if I am not, who are you? Who are you recommending people start this week? Yeah, so I, I think I'll make things extra difficult on myself and, and go with a, a cornerback as, as the highlighted um, player this week, and that is Mike Hilton of the Cincinnati Bengals. So just, again, staying in that same game, Cincinnati and Kansas City, I love Mike Hilton as a player. I think he's one of the best slot corners in the league, and he's been a really solid IDP this year, but he also gets a really nice matchup this week against Kansas City, who are giving up 14.4 tackles per game to the cornerback position this year, which is the fourth best mark. We just saw Nate Hobbs, another slot corner, come off an 11 tackle game against the Chiefs um, this past week. Uh, Nate Hobbs, definitely guy that plays a little bit more snaps than Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton averaging 81% of the defensive snaps on the year, but Mike Hilton has always been efficient with his opportunities, especially this season. So, really like him. Uh, in a great matchup here against Kansas City um, and especially playing in that slot role uh, against Patrick Mahomes' uh, Chiefs. So, yeah, Mike Hilton is uh, one of the the top cornerbacks uh, for me for IDP this week. Yeah, good good shout. I uh, I like Hilton. I've been uh, – I was a bit slow on the uptake, actually, where Hilton's concerned to, to appreciate how – how good he was as a fantasy option. Always knew him as a, a decent corner, but uh, it wasn't until uh, it was either you or Tom Kislingberry came on, kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit to uh, to how how useful Hilton could be in a fantasy sense as well as on the NFL field. So, yeah, I appreciate that shout. Uh, my featured like at the DB spot is Justin Reed. I've I've, I've stayed safe with a safety, so he's my uh, DB fourteen this week, and I may move him higher after looking at him in a little more detail. He's got his flaws. He hasn't been as uh, good in pass coverage as he was last year, and certainly not as good as he was uh, in his first couple of seasons with the uh, Texans. He did allow a touchdown in three straight games between weeks 12 and 14, but he's played better in the two games since. The Chiefs are playing against the Bengals this weekend, and the Bengals have... Uh, been uh, an average matchup for opposition safeties this year, but that again has improved with Jake Browning at quarterback, and and Justin Reed has the second most tackles among all safeties over the course of the last month. I'd feel more comfortable nominating him if uh, he was producing big plays at a higher clip, but but I chase flaws at the DB position, and I think that's what Reed has provided for us this season, and especially so in the last month. John, what uh, what other DBs do you want to hype this week? Yeah, so just a few other guys that I'm I'm happy to put into lineups this week and looking forward to their potential for production. Um, looking at Buda Baker uh, of the Arizona Cardinals going against the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Eagles giving up the tenth or the fourth most tackles per game um, to the safety position. Buda Baker, he's been among the top 10 at, at the safety position as far as tackle efficiency goes this season. So he's been excellent. Love him. Um, PJ Locke is another one of the Denver Broncos. So there, there had definitely been some concern heading into last week of Kareem Jackson's suspension ending and coming back into the lineup. But um, the team basically solidified their trust in PJ Locke by releasing Kareem Jackson and, and waving him. He was picked up by the Texans, but PJ Locke looks set locked in um to 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 start this week again and uh, definitely somebody that we could comfortably start in uh idp lineups facing the chargers not the best matchup but um pj lock has been so productive so i really like him this week and uh 
The last one on the list was just Nick Cross. Again, for deeper leagues, um, Nick Cross of the Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunately, Julian Blackman was placed on injured reserve, but had been so productive, so consistent all year long, playing that box-heavy role in Gus Bradley's defense. That role should go to Nick Cross now. We don't know what how efficient he's going to be or it not being a great matchup against the Raiders. But um, Nick Cross, if you're looking for somebody with a, as a streamer who should get ideal usage for IDP purposes, I think Nick Cross could be a, a solid option in, in, in deeper leagues as well. Yeah, nice list, nice list. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see PJ Locke get rewarded with uh, with that uh, continuing starting role. So uh, long, may, uh, long may his production continue. I've gone with another pair of guys here. So the Patriots safeties, essentially. So Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers. Obviously, Peppers a little bit banged up. Got to keep an eye on him. But yeah, you know, neither players really lit it up this year. Duggar's been uh, the more productive in terms of the tackle volume. But I, I don't have either guy I don't think ranked inside of my top 20. They're both just outside. But yeah, Duggar, you could make a case for him being in the uh, in that sort of the the high end safety two category. So the Bills, the, they're playing this weekend. They've allowed the highest tackle efficiency to opposition safeties this year. So yeah, I'm firing up those Patriot safeties. Yeah, I love I love Kyle Duggar. Um, he's definitely high in the ranks for me. He's one of my favorite players. So I I always rank him a little bit higher. Um, and I just love the usage there. And especially now that he's getting 100 percent of snaps this season, has just been um, all systems go for me to 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 put him in lineups and and be happy with uh, what what he can give me. Nice. So onto the last section, John DBs. We are fading for week 17. Who is your featured player? Yeah. So I'll start with um, Jalen Petrie of the the Houston Texans. So. It, just concerned here about the potential for for him playing the entire game right because he was benched in the second half of last game um near the end of the third quarter didn't play at all beyond the third quarter that for me is just a big red flag right if D'Amico Ryans is is willing to bench his starters even if he comes back and plays and starts this week there's always that potential now that Poor play can lead to a benching, and Jalen Petrie didn't grade highly last year. hasn't been amazing this year. He hasn't been an amazing IDP for any uh, for purposes this year either. Um, also, not a great matchup against the Tennessee Titans this week. Who uh, I don't have it written down here, but I believe they're the giving up the second fewest tackles per game to the safety position as well. So there's just so many red flags for Jalen Petrie for me um, that I am keeping him far away from starting lineups in, in such a big week. Snap. He's my guy. I'm not surprised that we've uh, that we're in sync on this one, um, and that we're mentioning <laughs> the same player because he's, he's he was such a high profile safety, wasn't he? He was uh, you know maybe one of the the top I'd say top ten, top twelve safeties drafted this year, and maybe maybe more. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know he started slowly, oh, yeah. found top, top found five. his feet for a handful of games, and then dropped off again. Uh, ultimately, poor performances. Got benched. Kareem Jackson's now involved. Um, signed him um, just a few days ago, I think. Um, I'm, you know, struggling to put my finger on what happened with with Petre. Thirteen percent tackle rate last year. Five interceptions. Only an eight point nine percent tackle rate this year, and zero interceptions. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm out on him. I don't like what I'm seeing. I can't put my finger on the reason for his decline. But it's a hard pass from me on him this week. Yeah, we'll we'll maybe look at it more in the offseason. But yeah, like you said, right now, just been a regular average Joe safety, despite yeah the top five safety draft capital that people were spending on him. And yeah, uh, the benching just makes it all the all the more reason to avoid him this week. Yeah. So can you give me um, any more names at the DB spot who you're fading this week? Yeah, so um, the other guy that that I put on the list here, I, I really this is a, this is a big one for me. It, it hurts my heart, but I, I am a little bit concerned about Derwin James uh, this week. I, I moved him down the rankings a bit, just because we saw a pretty significant shift in usage. He worked as the team's like primary nickel or slot corner, um, and did come off the field for a handful of snaps throughout the course of the game as well. So. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be something that continues here into week 17, but it was at least concerning enough um, that the coaching staff would, would would do this without Brandon Staley at the helm, right? So they're obviously experimenting a little bit here to see what works. And 
as much as it doesn't make sense to me, it is at least concerning for, for IDP purposes that he might not play an every down role. And with that, he just comes down the rankings just a little bit. So no longer, I guess, the locked in safety one for me this week. And it's not something that I'm concerned about long term. We talked about this on, on the podcast we just recorded, but um, it, it is at least concerning for me for week 17 in a league where there's a 100% snap safeties. I, I mean, it just it makes it a little bit riskier for, for Derwin James, despite how efficient he's been as a tackler, but still in a startable range for me, just not inside that that top 10 really for, for me this week. Yeah. Uh, but also, how dare you, John? You should take I down know, that that Derwin James picture from behind you on the wall. You're not deserving. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And especially with this being basically the last player that I'm going to focus on for the entire season. It's just, it's just yeah, this is just this the story of my year. Make it just more miserable. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> no, it's it's a fair call. Your, your hand has been forced, really, to make that call at this point in the season again. Fantasy Championship can't can't take any risks here. Certainly not on the idea that a player might not play 100% of snaps at the DB spot, right? I am not keen on Xavier Woods. Uh, he had a solid game last week with seven solo tackles, but I think it's a bit of a trap. He's uh, had only an 8% tackle efficiency this year, averaging four and a half tackles per game. And the Jags are bottom five among teams in terms of tackles allowed to opposition safeties. My last guy is Tyron Matthew. Uh, and I hate choosing him here because I like him as a player. And I always have. Uh, he had a really good game against the Rams last weekend, but I don't trust him on a, a weekly basis. He's had three or fewer solo tackles in 73% of his games this year. And he's playing against the Bucks this weekend, who typically don't allow a ton of tackles to opposition safeties. So, John, we are we're done. And as your reward, you now get to go off and uh, and polish off the the Christmas leftovers. Uh, yep. Safe in the knowledge that you've helped our <laughs> audience achieve success in their fantasy championship this weekend. I hope so. Uh, it's been great having you on, dude. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Where can our listeners uh, and viewers find more of your expert fantasy takes and advice? Yeah, well, no, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I'm obviously always happy to talk uh, to talk with you. So I appreciate you having me on here. And like, like I said, hopefully help people get those fantasy championships secured this weekend. Um, but yeah, you can find all my work on pff.com. Um, we'll have everything up there that uh, that I write uh, IDP rankings, IDP fantasy report, which is delayed this week. Sadly, uh, it should be coming out Thursday, just the Christmas schedule and, and editor schedules got uh, created a backlog. So I do apologize for people that were looking for that. Uh, but it will be be out uh, on thursday thank you guys um for for having me appreciate it our pleasure you're a star uh i am on x at jace abby and as always my rankings are on the idpshow.com and for those who are playing fantasy all the way through the regular season i'll be back for the season finale uh of this ranking show next week for week 18 Thanks for listening. Good luck to those competing in the big game this weekend. And until next time. Tired of the hurt, got tired of the shade. Just booked a flight downtown LA. With my head in the sand, eyes to the sky. Keep my chin up, gotta get mine. Too old for the handouts, do